Mic check. One, two. One, two. One, two. Three mums and a whole heap of drama. Mama drama! It's racks with the realness. Snicks with a K. Hey. hey. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shells can't be with us today, but she's here in spirit and we're sending her hello from wherever she is or we know she's working hard at home. Love to the key workers. Love to the key workers, that's right. Our girl Shells is a key worker. She's a social worker. She's working hard. <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> How, <real. are> you <laughs> <sighs> How are you, babes? I'm all right, you know. Here another day, another pod. It's episode eight. Ah! <laughs> Nearly at ten. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I was loving the love that we got for the last episode. Right. Which so is many people. Yeah, so many people reaching out. It was really good. The conversation was really flowing. Yeah, loads of mixed views. I feel like a lot of people, well, quite a few people still believe in smacking their children. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, depending on how they're raised, their cultural and religious background, they think, yeah, it's fine. Um, but everyone said, like, in moderation, which is a fair point, and relevant, because the law also says that too. The thing that I found interesting was that 100% of our listeners, or people who interact with us on social media, have all been beaten. As a so, child, I know, <laughs> I know. All of us, we're all in the same boat. That could be to do with who's voting though, but um, yeah. if you follow us on our social, particularly Instagram, we run polls and on Twitter, so please get involved and represent so we have better representation yes. than everybody is really being beaten as a child. <laughs> Which is it's not funny, by the way, I'm just laughing at the fact that 100% of people receive this treatment, myself being one of them. Literally all of us. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to it, um, on our streaming platform, the bio, our bio, that's our previous ep to Smack or Not the Smack, which was episode seven, and now you're listening to episode eight. Ta-da. And it is mental, maternal mental health awareness week. So this whole week, it's about raising awareness for issues or... Um, yeah, troubles people have through maternity with their mental health and after maternity, really. A statistic we've got on this from the World Health Organization is, let me check my notes now, that uh, 10% of pregnant women and 13% of women who have just given birth experience some sort of adver- adverse mental health as a result of having been pregnant or having had a baby. So it's quite a big issue. Yeah. I'm surprised though. I would have thought it would be more. Same. I think that's just people who actually have admitted it. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of stigma about it. Yeah. People want to think that they've got to, or they've got it together. And they're the perfect mum. So they might. I don't even. You know the statistics. It's like who they ask because I wasn't asked. So who's it based on? <laughs> but those are the stats that we have. But it's also just like you know how we said about our, even our own polls. Again, yeah. with representation. Because if you think there's such a stigma around like our culture and talking about mental health as it is anyway. Um, if you stick being True. a mother on top, trying to present yourself to be the perfect parent, it just makes it a little bit harder. It is true. And also with the World Health Organization stats, they did add that in communities where there's a lot of um, poverty, the proportion is even higher of women who are affected, like almost doubling, I think. So that's something to consider. So today, whilst we don't have 
shells with us we have somebody called Rochelle <laughs> and she is an advocate for um, mental health issues affecting pregnant women and women who have ch who have had children so we're going to get her to join us on this episode Woo make sure she's ready <laughs> she's waiting we're on zoom is she waiting no one's waiting Okay, now Rochelle has joined us. Hey, Rochelle. Hey. Hi. Um, can you introduce yourself, please, to our listeners? So, obviously, my name is Rochelle. Um, I'm a mum of three, and Ooh. I'm married. Um, <laughs> three years and two weeks. Woohoo! Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Wow. And I'm the founder of the Feel Good Community. Um, which is basically an organisation that I started up few, about two years ago and it was to just um, raise awareness about mental health and it was only because I went through postpartum depression literally just previously so I, I needed a lot of help so I just felt like there's so many more people that's connected to this so let me just open it out to the world and just do what I can do so that's basically what I'm doing now. Amazing. So we're so happy to have you on because as you know, this episode is our episode eight, it's our eighth episode rather. And today we are talking about um like pregnancy depression and postpartum depression because it is maternity mental health awareness week. Is, I'm gonna start off by like the beginning and say like the pregnancy stage. Have did either of you suffer with um any like mental health adverse issues during your pregnancy? Uh, I would definitely say yes. Okay. Sorry, go on, Nicole. No, go no, 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 elaborate, elaborate. Let us, let us know. Um, I guess because I've had three now, so I kind of I'm more aware of the symptoms and the signs. The, my first, mm, not so much. Oh, I think wait. I just we've had it through each preg each pregnancy, every single one. Wow. <laughs> but the first, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware during the first one because I just assumed this is normal, you're going to go through this, this is fine. But I never really talked to anyone about it, I just dealt with it. But the second one, I suffered so much. And I said, no, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut anymore because I need help. I'm not going to pretend. I need physical help. So that's, yeah, that's what I did. Did I you? Suffered. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy? So I, I actually have been diagnosed with mild depression and severe anxiety. So before I found out I was pregnant, I thought mm. I would suffer really badly. Um, but my anxiety was heightened just because of yeah. past experiences I've had with pregnancies. But my yeah. depression, like I was so happy. It was it was strange for me to then think I was so prepared not to be happy that when I was so yeah. happy, it was almost like the opposite. It was really weird. It was like, is something mm. else going on? Is something wrong? Mm. But yeah. What about you, Rax? I don't think I felt depressed per se when I was pregnant, but my mental health wasn't as balanced as it usually would have been prior to pregnancy. So my hormones were all over the place. Like any mm -hmm. little thing would make me cry. I'll just, mm -hmm. I don't know, one minute I'll be happy, next minute I'll be sad, <laughs> then I'll just be... <laughs> yeah. Probably now, I think back, really weren't that deep, but I was just so sensitive. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that, um, yeah, things would trigger me. And I also had a bit of anxiety as well. So with pregnancies, you hear about people losing babies. Um, yeah. I've had like recent stillbirths in my family, and I was just worried every day. I'd be like, 
okay, every time I went to the toilet, just to check and make sure that hopefully yeah. things were okay. Mm -hmm. so Michelle, with yours, when you said you had the, you had to felt like some depression throughout every pregnancy, what did that look like? To be honest, like? <laughs> I think us as women, we tend to, to mask a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I was still putting on this facade that everything was fine, but I was secretly at night or wherever when no one was around, I'd just be crying myself to sleep and stuff. And that's how I dealt with it. But it wasn't like, you know, everyone can see just by looking at me that something was wrong. I hide things really well. Um, and that's a problem. I feel like I need to address that issue because I tend to let it build up to the point where I explode or I break down or whatever it is. And I think that's a lot of things that a number of us need to address is not allow allowing it to build up within us to yeah. develop into something that's much worse. And I know for, for sure I need to deal with that and address it because, yeah. <laughs> Did you find that you had like triggers, like certain things throughout each pregnancy, you knew, okay, this is going to set me off or this made me feel a certain way or would it just be kind of random? It was any and everything. Everything triggered me. And I feel like just I would just cry just at the drop of a hat or, you know, or I'll get so angry. And, you know, it was just such a weird experience. And obviously I knew it was part of the pregnancy hormones, but I also knew it was stuff that I was dealing with as well. Yeah. So it was, it was all piled into one. And, you know, people tease you and, oh, it's because you're pregnant. And that just, that made it 10 times worse, of course. Yeah, that'd be annoying. Um, yeah, yeah. That same and because <laughs> oh, yeah, you're pregnant, like you dismissed your feelings, they put them to the side because yeah. you're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not always that. That's the thing. So yeah, exactly. <sighs> prior it's to being pregnant, were you guys aware of like um depression or mental health issues affecting pregnant women? So for me, I knew about postnatal depression. I'd heard about that. I'd heard about mm. it in the news, but I hadn't really heard about like antenatal depression. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think I'd heard about it, but I never really delved deep into it. Of course, like as a family, your parents don't talk to you about that. So it wasn't something I really knew too, too much about. I knew it existed, but I never think, oh, I'm going to be that person. But yeah, with every single child, I had it. And I didn't really talk to people about it, to be honest. I think it's, it, it's a weird one because it wasn't, I was diagnosed quite soon before I found out I was pregnant so I was just kind of getting to terms with what normal behavior of a depressed person or an anxious person looks like um yeah. so then to find out you're pregnant you worrying about what what's that going to look like and then worrying yeah. about what effect does this have on the baby and look delving into all of those things and like you said um I think in our culture it's hard to talk to your parents about those kind of things because yes I'll say things to my mum and my mum will be like oh you still have that like it's a cold yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laugh, you have to laugh at the, yeah. the craziness of it I know like, like yeah. I, was, I was talking about my anxiety and my mum was like oh yeah you still have that and I was just like yeah <laughs> like, <it's laughs> like I can't breathe sometimes you know yeah <laughs> But and then the one thing they're always like, no medication, no medication. So it's like you're trying to find ways to deal with this, but mm. running away from being drugged up. So it's like, how mm. how do you deal with this? You can't talk mm. to anyone. You can't take mm. anything. You're just kind of yeah. in this bubble. Yeah, and pregnancy itself can be stressful because well, for some 
it's planned and it's perfect. They've got everything patterned up. They've they've got the baby stuff before they even know they're having a baby. So they say. Who are those people? I've heard it's like well that's like yeah. So they say. I don't they, believe that. I don't believe that's me, true. It works yeah. like that. But some people are trying for a child and having for a while and have things prepared for when it happens. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of people don't. So that stress of just finding that you're pregnant. Where's my baby going to yeah. live? How am I going to pay my yeah. bills? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that in itself can be stressful and can contribute to, like, the depressive state of not feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think we've covered the pregnancy stage. What about after you gave birth? Not after you gave birth, I'm going to... I'll let you go. <laughs> first week, which is typically known as, like, the week of the baby blues. It's, it's, it's even got a page on the NHS website, because I have to ask myself. <laughs> but <laughs> did NHS you get website from the post-labor baby blues? Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Nicole, do you want to go first? Because uh, I've got some stuff to say. <laughs> All right, then I'll go and then you go. Because... Yeah, you, you go. <laughs> yeah. um, do you know what? For me, again, it was so many different emotions. It wasn't just like there was a lot of worry and fear and checking her breathing every two seconds. Is she still alive? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Has she been changed? Is she comfortable? Da, 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 da. All of that. Don't touch her. You're holding her like my mum. <laughs> My mum telling me, put her down, pick her up, put her, feed her, da, 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 adjusting yeah, to her yeah, feeding. Yeah. All of that in itself was so much that, mm-hmm. again, because this is my first pregnancy, first child, it's like, is this normal? Should I be feeling like this? Is this, does every woman feel like this? Is this the right emotion? Am I depressed yeah. or am I just dealing with this new change? So I think yeah. for me... I wouldn't say I've I've been in darker places, so I don't feel like I had the baby blues straight away. Um, mm. I feel like it came a little bit later, and I kind of know specifically what it was to do with. Okay. Right. For me, um, immediately after birth, I was happy. I was euphoric. I felt like superwoman. I felt like I could do anything. I just couldn't believe what I'd achieved. I just felt <laughs> insane. And the thing about labour is that it's so hormone driven. Like your hormones are raging when you're in labour. It's all your endorphins, your happy hormones that get that baby out. So you're on a high. It's like you're being on a drug high. And then once you give birth to that baby your hormones drop significantly. And I definitely felt like a bit of a come down. And I also felt strangely, obviously I, obviously I had my baby in my hand, but I felt at a loss that this baby that I'd grown and been in me for so long was now outside of my body. So that was like a, a little bit of a weird feeling to get used to. And I was also liking my pregnancy quite emotional, more emotional after I gave birth to the point where I'd just be crying over anything. Like, <laughs> one be like, how are you? I'd be like, <laughs> I'm thinking now what made me cry like that I don't know one thing in particular is I remember um (laughs) I see I'm laughing because it's so stupid (laughs) my boyfriend left like rice grains in the sink oh my gosh I hit the roof there are rice grains in the sink and I was just cussing and I was angry and I was crying it was such a huge issue now rice rice grains in the sink like it's annoying (laughs) is it worthy of a meltdown but I yeah. was so volatile at that point that it was enough for me to push me over the edge. Yeah. In that respect. So yeah, that's how I summarized my baby blues. I was quite emotional and volatile and dealing with the come down of the happy yeah. labor hormones. How's it for you, Rashad? Uh, well, to be honest, I think because I developed 
um, pelvic pain during the pregnancy. I hadn't had that with the first two, so this was new to me. I, yeah, so I ignored it. When I had um, the pelvic pain, it was quite early on, so I think it was like two, three months in, and I just ignored it because I thought, because I've got another health condition, so I thought it's related to that. And then it got to a point where I couldn't walk and I couldn't stand and all this stuff. So it was just all of that. And so by the time it came to actually giving birth, it actually affects giving birth. So of, of course, I'll, you saw the story that I put online about um, my birth stories. That was another issue. So once I gave birth and got home, I, I was in so much pain. I couldn't walk. I was just, I wanted to breastfeed. So I'll, I struggled with the first two breastfeeding. So I said, no, this is the one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I, I was doing it, but it was just like, why is it so painful? You know, and, you know, I, even though I'd experienced it before, but this was the worst pain. I'd not have had it this bad before. So finally got to, seen by a community nurse and she was like, mm -mm, that's, mm, you need to go by yourself, shut the door, don't listen to no one and go and do your thing by yourself. Make sure she's comfortable. When I did that, it worked but then guess what after three months she's just like she refused flat out even though she's now five months should be five months in a couple of weeks she she doesn't want it anymore and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so yeah i've been up and down up and down for the first week i would definitely say i was down 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 like down crying every single night so yeah the two um, of them look after as well yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And, you know, obviously husband was at work and I wasn't actually at home at the time. I went straight to the in-laws. So I was trying to get support that way, but um, it didn't quite work out that way. And my little one was climbing on me and I'm trying to feed the baby. And I, just, <laughs> and I had to go up and down the stairs because, you know, at home I don't have stairs, which is great. But there, there were stairs. It was like I couldn't even get up the stairs properly. I'm trying to hold a baby. I'm scared I'm going to drop her. And, it was just a whole heap of stuff. But after that, I think it took me a month. I'm not going to lie. It was about a month before I was like, okay, I can do this. Wow. It's just yeah. changing to a new normal. Like that's the thing with well, becoming a mother. There's so many adjustments. You have it with your first child, but as you said quite rightly, with each child, it's a new addition. It's a new adjustment. It is. It is. So after like the earlier weeks of like the baby blues, Nikki mentioned yours mm. came a bit later. What happened to you later on? I think so. Mine, mine happened when paternity leave finished and everyone's gone and it's literally just me in the house um mm. but Rochelle back, a bit of backstory I still live with our in-laws um until I go back to work and start making money again um so <laughs> that's a, a new new thing for me um it's always just been me and my mum so now it's new family um yeah but once my partner went back to work his family's gone back to work and it's just us two alone in the house it's like this is not my house and I really struggled with breastfeeding um and and it's really it was really hard for me to first admit that I struggled with breastfeeding because you're a woman you're supposed to feed your child or through your pregnancy and the midwife tells you breast is best breast is best six months exclusive no water da, 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 da. that's what's been drilled into you your whole pregnancy this is my first child that's all i'm hearing so that's all you want to do i'm struggling mm -hmm. with this it's not working she hates it i hate it we're both crying i don't even want to mm -hmm. feed her because it hurts so much and it just got yeah. to the point where i literally would be breastfeeding in tears and then mm -hmm. i used to give up because 
everyone's telling you this is what you have to do but yeah. I was miserable yeah yeah it, I was so miserable until my boyfriend just had enough one morning literally 6am I'll never forget he got up out of bed <laughs> and literally rode his bike to Asda <laughs> to buy me formula and same oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> he just bought me formula and and even so then I struggled with oh my god she's on formula she's only one month yeah. old. I'm such a terrible mom this is so mm -hmm. hard for me like it was just horrific it was mm. really hard and it took me a long time to adjust and be like no it's okay she's happy now she put on weight quicker much quicker she was sleeping better yeah. um and so it took me a long time to adjust that I wasn't a bad mum because I can't feed her but that yeah. really, that really, really was a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. What about you guys? Cool. It's an important issue because there is so much pressure on mum to breastfeed. So, of course, it can contribute to postnatal depression if for some reason you're unable to feed your baby. But bed is best and we're definitely going to talk on breastfeeding v formula in another, in another episode. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Rochelle? How was your experiences after like, the early stages with um, mental health and depression? I mean, I think once I got over the the first couple of weeks where when I went back home, you know, I had my own environment. I kind of knew what I was going to do with the kids and, you know, how to keep them entertained while I'm trying to deal with the other one. It, I felt like once I got home, I was OK yeah. because I had I had the control back because I didn't feel like eyes were peering at me, making sure I'm breastfeeding the right way. or You know, because I felt like they just assumed you got this. Just do it. Like, what's your problem? Yeah, you um, like that as well. Oh my, oh my! I just have to breathe right now because hey, what, what, what would you say? There'll be a little I, cry, and my family, my <laughs> grand, rest her soul. She'll be like, "Give her the breath, give her the breath." I'm like, "I just said her. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Why are you starving her? What do you mean? I'm not yeah. starving her. She is fine. She's tired yeah. or something else. Give her the breath." I'm like, "What? What are my tips to you? Like, what? What are they?" Yeah. <laughs> It's either you give the breath or you don't give. You're feeding too much. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was possible. Well, okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah. So that does play a part because especially when you're not in your own environment and you always feel like people are watching you, it, it affects you. And I know it did affect me a lot. And I was trying to, you know, keep face, but yeah. <laughs> it is. There was no, because there was no privacy. Like there was no way for you to just go run and hide and, have your little moment you're just there and everyone's just there so that was really hard because it wasn't like a couple of days it was like a couple of weeks and yeah yeah for me like depression later on I think um I didn't really I didn't even have like a paternity period my boyfriend went back to work so I gave, I gave birth on the Thursday I was back to work by the Monday so oh. I was just like on my own new mom people would come and visit here and there for like a bit but it was just really me and the baby, which wasn't so bad. But then I started to get annoyed if it came to a point where if you were to go out after work and I was stressed after a long day, and I felt like yeah. I hadn't had any time for myself and it was something new to adjust to, that would make yeah. me feel like I was like going over the edge. And that continued to, like, even when she was six months old, I felt like I haven't had me time. To this day, yeah. I feel like I don't get a moment for myself just to sit, just to think, just to respond to my friend's mm -hmm. messages, just to mm -hmm. soak in the bath. I just feel quite down, especially if the baby's been screaming at me or ha has been having yeah. tantrums. That can make mm -hmm. me feel down to this day. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
But yeah, it's like an ongoing thing really. But I do try to like take time for myself. In the early days, it was me having a bath. I'd be like, right, I'm going in the bath. Bath time for me was spa time. And I said this to Nicole, <laughs> well, she'd come over and I'd be in the bath. Like people would come and visit me, I'd be in the bath. They'd have to come in the bathroom <laughs> with me. Because that's my little respite and I'm enjoying it. So yeah. you want to talk to me? You better, you better just come inside and take a seat. <laughs> I'm chilling. <laughs> um, so moving on to our next point. So having had these experiences during your um, pregnancy and after having your baby, did you seek any professional support? No. Okay. So for anyone just, just listening and not watching us, I we never did. all shaked our head. We didn't seek <laughs> professional support. Um, for any particular reason, why would you say you didn't like seek, seek professional help? Um, judgment, a little bit of judgment. Um, it's a... a I think for me it was a lot of this black, strong black woman thing oh, that people assume that we are strong so you don't need help, you just get on with with it and I think for me asking for help is like, that means I've failed. Even though I know that's not true, that's sometimes what I felt at the time so that's why I didn't because even when I went doctors and you, you take them to their appointments and the doctor oh you're just doing really well and they ask you how you're doing and have you had any of this thoughts and that and I'm just like no I'm fine I'm fine which was a lie <laughs> I love yeah, it. help nurse comes around are you okay are you getting help is this that the other yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it was all a lie <laughs> wow <sighs> what about you Nick what was the reason that you didn't so, um, so for me I think it's really important to connect with the person you're trying to get help from um mm-hmm. hence why I've been through multiple therapists and I just didn't gel with my midwife the at-home one or the health officer the health officer no offense to him like he's doing his job but it was an uncle like he was a proper uncle and he was just like float in, float out, just hand me a yeah. bunch of leaflets. Like mm. when he would weigh her, he would just like make her fling off all her clothes. Like he just had no care. So I'm really mm. not going to sit there and tell you my breast, my nipple feels like it's about to fall off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't yeah, have that conversation exactly. with you. And so yeah. I, just, I just felt like, oh, I'll just deal with it. This is what women do. Like just suck it up kind of thing. Mm. What about people? So not professionals. Did you talk to friends, like family members? You. <laughs> yeah, I talked to friends about it. I'd, if they mentioned me, I, I just, I would, it, from, in my head, I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep it real and let people know how it is. I'd be like, yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah, this is crap. Yeah, I'm pulling my hair out. Yeah. Oh, for the backstory of Rochelle, I'm literally, so Rax gave birth and then two weeks later, I went to a hospital appointment for something completely different and send her a six-week baby scan. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, one in the oven. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, oh, wow. went through everything just before me. <laughs> so oh, wow. everything, I'd just be like, is this normal? Should I feel like this? Did you feel like this? Yeah. How did this go? And it's great to have a friend to go through that, but I think as well, like, when things don't go the same, you also compare them. Mm-hmm. So I think yes. that was also, yeah. like, my struggle with the breastfeeding thing like you just seem like you yeah. can't together and it just wasn't working for me so I was like oh I'm a shit mum but so and so can do yeah. it yeah yeah I hear that so we've gone through the pregnancy stage after pregnancy we've spoken about the adverse things uh before we like wrap up what about positive aspects just in case we're all like the bad parts of mental health what do you feel good about 
being a mother like what makes you feel good i love it just love it it's it's just fantastic like when you wake up in the morning you've got a little baby to look at you and smile at you and like just the small victories that especially now being in quarantine like you have to think of all the silver linings you're getting to see every single stage of your baby yes. mm-hmm. um, and my partner being home to see that as well so she's now trying to talk and if he was at work he wouldn't see her say her first word and try and take steps and things like that so every day is a blessing like yes it's really hard it's really challenging but you've got this little human that you're mm. you've been given the honor to create and mold so it's amazing what about yeah. you Michelle? oh i definitely agree i mean you know kids you know what kids are like but um because i've got three it's like even though i have three children they're all different yeah so they, they you just feel a different kind of love for them of course i got my baby girl now so it's all it's all different but the boys are mommy's boys so I don't know how to describe it, but the way they look at me and sometimes, you know, I just want to just go, ah, but really and truly, you know, they just look at me with the little puppy eyes on my own. You know, <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> Say to me, I'm loving this life. It's still really fun. My daughter's at yeah. a stage with giving the best hugs and they're just the best. I don't care. No one's hugs compared to my baby's hug. She'll just put her arms around me and then she'll yeah. be like, and I'm like, yes, baby, hug mommy. <laughs> well, I like that. I like waking up to her as well because her morning mood's nice and chill and we can, like, snuggle and she's loving and happy. Fast forward yeah. a few hours, pre-nap time, it's a different story. But I <laughs> those nice moments. So, yeah, yeah. and seeing the milestones, isn't it? Because when things happen, new things happen, it's yeah. exciting. You feel, like, pride. It's just amazing yeah. what them grow. I look at them like, how are you so tall? How are you in my belly? Like, how do you fit? Yeah. What's going on? I know. <laughs> okay, I think that's the end of the topic uh, on the discussion topic, but we've got a bit more to give. Um, Rochelle, do you have any word of advice that you'd give to our listeners in regards to maternal mental health? Well, in terms of maternal mental health, I'll definitely say that you should speak up, especially if you know that something's not quite right. Don't don't keep it to yourself, and you should build a support network. So have people around you that you know sometimes if you can't speak up if you're not you know emotionally capable or whatever it is at that time you have a support network that can you know speak for you that's what i would say okay and now we move on to our tap mitt section (laughs) (laughs) nicole what's yours um feel the emotion don't bottle it up don't try and hold it down don't be a strong black woman don't be a strong woman don't be an independent woman feel what you need to feel mm-hmm. it's okay yeah it definitely is you've got three women here telling you straight what they went through you know it's real in these streets um mine would be um seek help seek help if you need it doesn't matter who it's from whether it's professional whether it's friend whether it's auntie uncle whoever seek help and um just take time for yourself if you need it yeah definitely and the feel-good community Rochelle you mentioned this in the beginning when you introduced yourself is there anything more you want to tell the people about the feel-good community and where they can find you on socials uh well right now obviously a lot of um organizations have had to change the way they do things because of obviously the pandemic that's going on um we decided to get down on the ground and support our community in the best way that we knew we could 
by providing care packages for vulnerable people. Um, not necessarily the vulnerable people that the government has said, but we have managed to find people that were desperately in need and we are helping them and we're trying to do as much as we can do. But of course, you know, we're relying, we're self-funded, so we're relying on donations and whether it's monetary or, you know, food, that's what we're providing at the moment because the care packages um, include food and toiletry, essential items and cleaning products as well. Um, we're on... Sorry, say that again. Donate. How can anyone donate that's listening? If they want to donate, how can they donate? So to donate, we have a GoFundMe page. If you go to my um, Instagram, you can see it on my, uh, the bio, in the bio, it's there. The webpage is on there. Or if you're on Facebook, I have a fundraiser set up on there as well. Because some people are not on Facebook, so I, I decided to create two. <laughs> right okay, we'll tag your... Uh page in our bios and description yeah. but yeah people could you spell it out for them or let them know what it yeah is? so it's it's pretty straightforward it's um at the feel good com so t-h-e-f-e-e-l-g-o-o-d-c-o-m-m cool thank you so much and we'll just also plug our socials thank you for tuning in to another episode episode eight um we'll be back with ep nine and hopefully she'll be with us too bringing her realness because i know you guys love it um <laughs> on the socials uh instagram and twitter we are mama drama pod all together um facebook and youtube it's mama drama pod and we have a link a link tree which is in our bio which you can find on those platforms which will lead you to everything and how you can find us on Spotify, Anchor, etc., and Apple Podcasts, sorry. Um, Nick, you're good at this part. Any questions, <laughs> queries, email us. Um, if you have any dilemmas, we want to hear them. So email us, mamadramapod at gmail.com. And please like, follow, subscribe. And comment. Be in our comments. We like a bit of a chit-chat. From our <laughs> previous episode, we've done like a, a legal post and they're like back and forth on the details as to what it means. So comment, we interact and we love it. So comment um, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, wherever. Let us know your views. We want to know what you think. Interact in our polls as well. They're popping. We love a poll. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hi, guys. It's your girl, Shells. I'm actually really sorry that I wasn't able to partake in our podcast yesterday that was recorded. Um, it looked really, really, really good. And I was so happy that we had our guest speaker on. Um, and actually, if you have tuned in already, you would have a bit of a, an overview or an understanding of obviously what we were talking about. It's Mental Health Awareness Week. I um, literally <laughs> sent these guys a long kind of caption for a potential post that I could do, but I was like, no, Charles, you need to do a video. You need to talk about, obviously, your perspective and your experiences of mental health throughout or during your pregnancy. Um, yeah, I just wasn't be able to join them, guys, because I was literally busy with work. Um, it was very demanding yesterday. I had three cases to deal with. And I was trying to get things done before time and it just wasn't working out. So it was quite hectic for me. So I just said, you guys go ahead. Um, but I'll really um, join in with the posts that we put out this week. Um, so I hope you're all okay. I hope you've tuned in. I hope you've listened out and, you know, in terms of questions, posted and that and stuff. So I'm really just going to try and summarise or be as quick as I can. Obviously, it's a very tender um, topic, so I don't. I want to do it justice, if that makes sense. 
Um, so basically, um, as you know, uh, my son, Lucas, he's one years old now. Um, I think I'm just going to go back to like, um, I think it was my second, definitely going into my final trimester. Um, and literally, as I'm reflecting back now, it's just, it wasn't nice. Um, obviously throughout the whole of pregnancy you're feeling you might feel actually because I can only speak on myself um, but you might feel a little bit low your feelings are obviously all over the gaff and you're hormonal you get spots and pimples some like me I don't know Um, but literally there's just a lot of things going on with you in terms of your body because you're growing somebody else your hormones have to adjust Um, and I think it I found it much more difficult in my second going into my final trimester or third trimester um and it wasn't that I was finding pregnancy difficult it was the fact that my mental health was deteriorating um and what I mean by that is I've never actually suffered from any mental health issues um I mean there is a um what's it called statistics out there to say that obviously everyone suffers from mental health and I think the stat is one in five people suffer from mental health so if there's five of you in a room one in five people will actually um you know suffer from mental health or mental health needs or issues um and when people say mental health I know in BME communities there's a lot of stigma um but it could literally be you feeling low it doesn't mean you're severely depressed or you're significantly depressed. It just means you're feeling low. And that is on the spectrum of depression. Um, and I think the be- the more people understand it and the more people have better understanding of their mental health, it will be easy for them to open up. But anyway, put that to the side. Um, literally, it was my third, second, third, final trimester. Um, and literally... I don't know. I, I I don't know when specifically it started or why it started really, but I, I really honestly started hearing voices in my head. Um and I was feeling very low and these voices were telling me to do some horrid things, like literally, and I don't think I wanna share that particularly or per se, just because there might be somebody else who's pregnant and I don't want them to you know, we can influence one another, we can influence thoughts, what we watch, what we see, what we put into our minds. So I really just wanna um just talk about the experience of it and what happened so yeah I had some really horrid thoughts I just didn't want to be here um I mean some of the voices that I heard was voices saying you're going to be a shit mum you're you can't parent you're not good enough it was really did made me feel dejected very low very conscious of my um, myself and I was very critical in fact um to say the least and I just feel like wow I've never experienced this before like where has it come from and that made it even more overwhelming um I mean I didn't say anything to anyone at first I kind of just like said you know what Michelle you've got this or shells you've got this suck it up do what you gotta do keep on pushing keep on moving go to work keep active so that's kind of what I done at first but then the voices became more persistent they weren't subsiding, they weren't going away, they were there to play, they just wanted to be in my head. So literally, I've got these voices telling me X, Y and Z, you're not going to be able to do this, you're not going to do that. And then fast forward a little bit, hearing those voices, it's just like, okay, cool, something's telling, something's not right here, something's not right, I don't feel comfortable, this is not me, I know it's not me, but I can't control how I'm feeling. Um... I was crying, 
there was only a few people I really told, really. Obviously, I spoke to my partner, but I didn't tell him the extent. I think I kind of covered it up. And I feel like the reason why I covered it up was because I didn't want no one to feel worried or scared for me. Like, you're already pregnant and people are like, oh, take a seat or da-da-da. They, like, kind of baby you to a degree and I didn't want that to then be a further issue like I still wanted to do things independently I still wanted to go about my daily life and do what I wanted to do without having a chaperone you know because I thought like that's what would have happened um so I kind of concealed exactly how I was feeling and what exactly was happening at the time um but then it got to a point where I was like no I can't take it anymore my brain can't take it so I literally what I would do is I had two older friends um, who have had their kids before me and I would just ask little questions like, have you ever felt this? Have you ever felt that? And they'd be like, yeah, it's normal. This is normal. Da, da, da. I've experienced it, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, I don't feel like it's normal. And I'll just burst out crying. But we'll have those conversations and it really helped. Um, it got to the point where I actually told my mum um, and me and my mum are really, really close. We talk about everything. Um, you know, we literally have a really good, honest, open relationship. We're transparent with each other. So, yeah, thanks, mum, for helping that relationship. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we literally spoke about it. I told her exactly what was happening, exactly what I was feeling. And at the time, it was hard because, obviously, she didn't want her daughter to go through that. Um, and she wanted me to have help and she wanted me to be supported and all of those things. Um, I remember it was one of my last midwifery appointments. So I had checkups because um, I got additional needs. So I was having a checkup in between that and I had to have some blood tests taken. I was like, oh, I don't want to have any more bloods. I'm sick and tired of getting my bloods taken. Every single appointment and every other checkup, I had to have my bloods taken at the time. Um, and literally my midwife... <laughs> I'm not going to say her name, but she was really nice. Um, and she could sense that there was something wrong. Cause she was just like, Rochelle, are you okay? And then I tried to just hold it in. Cause I was like, oh my shit, I do not want to disclose anything. I don't want to say anything because I know what happens. I know the system. I know what's going to happen, but I couldn't hold it in anymore. I literally burst into tears. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening to me. <laughs> I stopped though because I knew if I said too much that would be an instantaneous referral and I'll get into that in a moment um so I literally just expressed how I was feeling and then she said well we can refer you to this service we can refer you to that service do you want to talk to someone I said yeah I don't mind talking to someone about it so on and so forth um fast forward a few weeks the, the voices subsided and I didn't really hear anything I felt a little bit better emotionally um and I was able to carry on my day-to-day tasks I was going into work still I was still visiting families I was practically doing what I needed to do um so I felt like I was okay um and I think it was just literally just for that period where I was literally at the lowest point of my entire pregnancy I got a phone call when I was at work um, from the perinatal mental health team, perinatal mental health team, yeah, mental health service. Um, and they basically work with mums who are pregnant um, and suffer from mental health needs or um, are diagnosed with, um, you know, like maybe depression, um, anxiety. These are significant, more significant illnesses, maybe schizophrenia or um, other illnesses, um, BPD, bipolar disorder, stuff like that. 
and they work with mums more intensively when they're pregnant because obviously we know that mums are more high risk when they're pregnant or women are more high risk when they're pregnant because obviously you're giving life um, to another baby and because your hormones are just naturally all over the place so your mental health can decline. Um, So literally they called me and I didn't disclose them exactly all the entirety of what I was feeling. I literally just, you know, kind of said, this is what it is. I feel better, which I did. I have the support um, that I need, which I did, um, because at that time I had told everyone exactly what was going on, um, my partner and my mum specifically, and they knew they were aware and I was able to talk to them freely about my emotions. So I didn't feel that I needed to speak to another professional. In hindsight, I feel like it would have been good for me to go ahead and have an assessment. However, because of my role, I'm still quite sceptical of the repercussions of that and whether that means a referral would be done for me, would I need to have a social worker and so on and so forth. So there's just a lot of things that I, t- I had to take into consideration. Um, what I would like to say is being pregnant, there is a really nice glam side to it, um, but a, not a lot of people speak about the difficulties during pregnancy. And I wouldn't say mental health should be labelled as a difficulty, but it's a challenge, especially if you haven't experienced that before um, and you don't have the support from friends or family. Um, What I do think people actually need to contact, need to speak out, need to have friends, family, support networks where they feel like they can be open and transparent Um, And it's not all the time you're actually going to get somebody who you can talk to, like my mum, for instance, and I can tell her everything and everything. Some people are really close. Some people are private. Some people like to do things and manage things on their own, which is fine. But I feel like, especially when you're pregnant, you definitely, definitely, definitely need to reach out and speak to somebody about how you're feeling. Because obviously I know cases where mothers have been sectioned and they're no longer able to go home with their babies and stuff like that. Um, because obviously your, your, your mental health can deteriorate quite rapidly. Um, and you need to get the, the support that you need, whether it be therapeutic, whether it be just talking therapy, whether it be doing different things like music, play art, stuff where your mental health is being cared for. Cause basically that's essentially what you need to do. Um, so really that was kind of my, journey or pregnancy journey in a nutshell um and I think my mental health has improved since being pregnant overall um I do feel better I I mean everyone has their down days and that's just natural that's just being a human because we can't always be happy and bubbly and chirpy all the time we are going to actually have those days where we just don't want to talk to no one we've had enough of being a mom things you get stressed out you might have anxiety because of certain things or you might feel low and then that might peak onto depression and stuff like that um I would always say be open and transparent and try and get support and if there is no one that you can talk to there are online services where you can be anonymized where you can contact and you can just request that support um yeah so I think top mips have already been covered but my top mip will be Be as transparent as you can be, get the support where you need to and um, don't feel like it's a stigma. Don't feel like you're going to be discriminated against because literally everybody suffers from mental health at one point in their life. 
So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope I've helped somebody out there. Um, and if you've got any questions, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe and share. Everything is at Mama Drama Pod. Um, you can email, you can comment, you can DM, you can do whatever. Okay, have a blessed week, guys. <laughs>